Hello, and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for January 16th through February 15th, 2018. I'm Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that she's feeling. This particular forecast is a special one that dives deep into the healing opportunities available to us this month. So I encourage you to take your time in listening and feel free to pause the audio if something Susan says sparks a train of thought or needs some digesting. Susan channels a lot here, so it's also great to come back to the recording later in the month to check in. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Dorote. It's my pleasure. How does this lunar cycle look? It looks to be um, a really important cycle for us. The thing about this lunation is that when we think about this new moon, we're still in early parts of 2018. So for most of us, we're going, oh, I just got my goals. I got my vision board. I've got my whiteboard out. I'm so excited. I'm going to do all this great stuff. And then on the other side of that are the shadow elements of this is that I can say as someone who works with people individually and in groups that a great many people are coming in saying, I really feel like I'm stuck in mud right now and I hate to admit it, but I'm not moving forward in some of these areas that I want to feel really excited about. I don't know how to move out of this. And so then I'm reflecting back into this sense of if you've got five, you know, planets in Earth, which, you know, Earth signs, and then you had a couple in there, which is that Jupiter and Mars, which are also, you know, formidable in Scorpio. Well, that's water and that's Earth. And what does it turn into? It turns into mud. So it's like, what are we stuck in? So then when we think about that, um, we if we really feel powerless, like we're stuck, what do we do? But this lunation, this new moon, remember we plant seeds and we get, you know, we, we grow. It's a, it's a cycle of um, growth and fruition. It's saying, remember who you are. Remember your resources. Remember your strength. Remember your potency. So from that point of view, if we really were stuck in mud, I don't think we would really stay there. I think what would happen is, you know, we would either get on our cell phone and try to call somebody to help us. We would get somebody to sort of, you know, connect with us and pull us out. We would get all systems on board to, to make some moves. So in that way, this new moon is really saying that. It's saying it's okay to feel stuck because it's the first step in moving yourself out. And there is no better partner you want to have in this than Capricorn because, again, it's saying let's get the practical details moving because you have somewhere to go. So there's a remembrance in play with this as well. Um, so all of those elements um, really support us in those vision boards and those whiteboards and all of those great goals and aspirations that we were just setting a couple weeks ago, because it's saying we can actually help you plan them out and not only plan them out, but launch them out. So in that sense, that's, you know, a, a wonderful sort of energy. But the difficulty with the energy is it is up to us. And so you know, all of us, myself included, um, I'm really great at kind of having reasons and, and justifications for all this. But when the bottom line is, okay, but it, it comes, the responsibility, which again is a signature of Capricorn, rests on us. How are we going to move forward this? And so I think that, again, if we can judgment-free zone and um, with love and with the, the most highest um, beliefs in ourselves to, to really start to 
call in the team that we need, inner and outer team, to be able to start to look at what are those, those, those elements that we need, need to move forward. So as we're looking at this with all of these, you know, these planets as we get started in the moon, and then several days later it starts to kind of you know, open up a little bit because um, Venus moves out of there and moves into Aquarius, and so that you know, allows that aeration in there because it's a forward um, kind of thinking, um, uh, loving female, you know, kind of oriented or the, or the feminine uh, aspirations of values of heart that kind of starts us to inquire a little bit more and not feel all only into the practical. Um, the sun goes into Aquarius soon after that. And then Mars moves out of Scorpio and moves into Sagittarius, which is inspiring and optimistic. And I think getting back into Capricorn, Capricorn's actually optimistic as well. It's just optimistic from hard work. It kind of, you know, really reminds us in, in that way. But but it absolutely believes that we can overcome just about anything. So in this, in this um, new moon, like I said, even though we're feeling 2018 and what can we do with it and for it, we also want to remember we've got a three-year cycle in play um, to work with some of these goals and some of these changes and some of this way in which we wish to to um, better our lives and move forward in our, in our um, goals for ourselves. And so in that sense, we're just getting started. And um, that's important to understand. Uh, another element of this that's, I think, really powerful that has to do with this notion of soul retrieval in Capricorn is that Pluto is right in there too. And, you know, Pluto is sort of that underworld or behind the scenes or deep mystery planet that also says, not only do we want to grow, but we want to transform. We want an upgrade. So from a soul point of view, um, Pluto is really asking us and saying, sometimes you need to sacrifice. It reminds me of that phrase that says, in order to become a butterfly, you have to give up being a caterpillar. And so again, there's, there's a lot going on that is saying, we, we believe in your potential. It's just, there is, um, some grieving involved in order to transform and make that all work. So there, there was something as I was thinking about, okay, so there's wolf energy. This is about as earthy as you can get. And I was feeling into um, not not so, you know, from that notion of us being women of power, women who are really um, moving into that remembrance of the stories that got lost along the way that have to do with us connected to our sacred ancestry, um, you know, in our legacy and in our becoming. I was thinking about the notion of timekeeping in all of this, and I was, you know, relating into the, okay, so how are we beings of the earth? And as we know, that means remembering the stories of the earth and the wisdom of the earth and the medicine of the earth and walking um, in that way that is a connection and a rhythm. But it also... Um, has to do with us not getting too three-dimensional, but always remembering that we're connected to the stars and we're connected to the natural world and all those beautiful rhythms and so forth. So as I was feeling into that, I was thinking about the wolf moon again, and I was just thinking about you know how beautiful it is to think about how the wolf is so primal, that the wolf's got all four hooves, you know, uh, the, the feet on the ground, that the wolf has uh, got that ability to track and keep us keep on track. The wolf knows how to be on its own, and it knows how to be part of the of the team or its um, you know its pack. 
So in that way, I was thinking, you know, that's a really beautiful kind of animal spirit guide to have with us as we're moving through this terrain of practicality of getting our feet on the ground uh, and how we could connect with that, finding our voice like that wolf moon energy. Uh, And as I was feeling into that, then I was thinking about the goat, of course, which can scale heights and is the keeper or the signature of Capricorn. So one thing that was bothering me, and so I just want to tell this story so quickly, is that then I was looking into, well, yeah, but it's also called, Capricorn's called a sea goat. So what is a sea goat? So I was looking into the myth of the sea goat, and what I just found was it was considered to be a mythic being. In the sea goat uh, mythology, they were, in fact, those creatures that had the front hooves uh, that could walk on the earth and then had those tails like the mermaid that could swim. And um, this uh, tale had to do with, or this journey, no pun, had to do with with the sea goat, um, with this, um, the keeper of the sea goat, or sometimes when we talk about the patriarchy or the masculine, uh, again, as it relates to this story, was the father of the sea goats was was, uh, given by um, Cronus, which was actually um, a god that manipulated or um, was a lord of time, which again gets into that notion of Saturn as a keeper of time, and uh, created uh, uh, Prios, which was um, the keeper of these sea goats. And so Prios was was feeling very concerned because the children were going on to land and forgetting that they were sea goats and becoming goats, forgetting their destiny, forgetting who they came from. So because he had this, he was immortal and had this ability to manipulate time, he started to reverse time so that his children would forget that they had gone to land and would return to the sea. But soon he discovered he was powerless at manipulating their free will and really surrendered into this notion that he could not do this any longer. So he asked to be relieved of being immortal because he just felt so um, concerned about how to be watching his children forget their their connection to their ancestry, so to speak, or to their destiny. And as he asked um, Cronus how if he could if he could be dissolved, he said no. But what he would do is he would. Um, transform him into a constellation in the sky. So in that way, as as these goats would look up, they would remember somehow that they were connected to something greater, and he could watch over them from a different energy. And I thought that was really fascinating from the point of view of, the, the in a way, what we're facing with the patriarchy and what we've, we uh, are limited many times in saying that we don't understand how to have our own destiny, that we're lorded over, that we become... Of falling asleep in some ways to our own capacity deep within. And many of us often look backwards to say, oh, we wish things had been the way they were, or sometimes we get caught that way, or we can't um, launch ourselves into our North Star of our becoming. So I thought that was a really fascinating story in the sense of the, of the notion of the seagoat and in the notion of how do we remember um, that we are so much more that we understand that we can journey in different ways and that at the same time we need to be in the now and we need to be connected to exactly where we are um, in those practical or three-dimensional ways. So I thought it was a fascinating story of, of shape-shifting and for us to remember as, as souls and as spirits that we have the ability to shape-shift from one being to another um, as we need to adapt in our lives and move forward and that anytime we manipulate our own energy or, or when we love some somebody, it reminds me of that mother or father energy, you know, we want to over-control and then we realize that 
the real power either within us or without and around us is to have faith in others and have faith in ourselves to grow and evolve rather than to lord over and manipulate um, but to allow and surrender. So I thought that was that was sort of an interesting sort of mythological element of, of what we are in right now in Capricorn and the ability to um, align with time, which is what the earth honoring traditions ask us to do rather than to manipulate time, which is what I think our three-dimensional world tells us to do. Almost like that, you can have a four-hour work day. And it's like we really get into this idea of we can master time, you know, rather than saying, you know, we can do that. But time is so much more interesting. It's multifaceted. It's, it's a spiral. You know, it's it's mythic. It's really, really beautiful in, in other ways that we can we can um, align with time, you know, in a, in a different sense. So I wanted to add that in as when we're feeling stuck, you know, and feeling uh, that we can't get moving in some of these areas that are new to us or that we know is time to change, keep remembering that there are uh, ways that we can align within ourselves that are mythic and that are really beautiful. So as we move forward in this new moon lunation, what it then leads us into is a spectacular um, full moon. And so I just want to say a little bit about the full moon. And so the full moon um, on the 31st is considered a blue moon because it is the second full moon of the year. Remember we had on the January 1st, we had that full moon in Cancer and we talked about uh, that beautiful great moon, great mother energy. So here's the second full moon and um, it's not only a blue moon, but it will literally have the hue of a, of a rosy or red moon. And because of the, that has to do with the fact that this is a total um, lunar eclipse. So the, that's the first of the eclipse season that's beginning. So it's a super moon, it's a blood moon, and it gets that hue because of the um, interruption of the, of the light uh, onto the full moon. So in that way, it's got kind of an ominous, but it's actually, I think for women, we love you know the, the blood mysteries, so we can really get into this beautiful, big, wonderful full moon. But what's significant about this is it also is the bookend of that total eclipse of the sun that we had in August that we were all, you know, uh, in North America. So, you know, taken by. And I think, again, in that energy, we got really taken by and we we went to it and we I was we were all about that, and, you know, the excitement of that energy in Leo. Um, and yet since then, again, when we talk about, you know, that sense of having a soul retrieval, it's like if we think about and maybe one of the practices can reflect back on that time, what was going on for you in that total eclipse time of that new moon? And here we are several months later, and now the the moon is is reaching us from the point of view of saying, I'm now meeting you as the lunar, um, the lunar timekeeper here in Leo and asking us to reflect on that and then return and be returned to our hearts because Leo rules the heart. So in that sense, it, we may have had that buoyancy about we're coming into our heart and courage and inner child and, uh, you know, the, the sense of sitting in the throne of ourself. And then we may have gotten a little beat up since August about the reality of, of whatever our life has taken us through the fall. And certainly in the underbelly that we know as women in terms of going into the dark shadow and reclaiming um, what has been um, uh, taken from us and what we've really gone through as a collective and individual in our story and the recovery of that, and then um, the standing in the light of that. So as it relates to to whatever's happened for us individually and collectively, as we hit this, this super full moon uh, lunar eclipse, 
Remember, eclipses are 19-year cycles. They're beginning and ends. And on top of that, lunar eclipses focus more on breaking or interrupting um, embedded emotional patterns. So I think this is great medicine for us to be able to say, so how, because if we're stuck in mud, again, emotion, how do we lift ourselves out? And it's also seeing that there can be some ways that we get caught up in old ways of thinking and old ways of feeling that aren't serving us any longer. So it's a, a very profound time to do not only reflection, but really do some wonderful ritual um, in that in that. Um, full moon lunar eclipse to be able to say, I am choosing to align myself to let go of some of these, to bring them into the light of the moon, to also see them from a, a place that is a little bit more detached because the sun will then be in Aquarius, which is a, more of a detached sign and be able to let go and release into our potential, which then uh, that Saturn is saying, terrific. Now we can really move forward and we can get aligned with what that, you know, the goals we had for the for the for 2018 really were so again uh, I think it's just a, a very powerful and I think a little bit of a um, a deeper richer kind of examination of of the eclipse that we went through several months prior um, and then as we move forward with that uh, on the other side of that when we hit the um, the 16th uh, we will be meeting the Chinese new new year which is again another new moon but the new moon will be the uh, year of the brown earth dog and we'll be We'll be exploring that together. So on we go. Um, but uh, I think this is a, a really, um, like I said, it's a it's a lunation that is going to, I think, in much more practical. But I don't mean practical in a demeaning way. I want to say user friendly. Like really, we've inherited this um, toolbox or this. Uh, backpack and really starting to kind of figure out what's inside of it and start to really see it's exactly what we need. So I think that, you know, as again, from a Capricornian kind of perspective, uh, it's asking us to get very aligned with the earth. And as medicine keepers that we're discovering as women of power and women of the earth, um, this couldn't be better for us to align very powerfully with, with um, earth as a resource and earth as our home. Thank you, Susan. That's great news. Um, I'm wondering, for those of us who may feel currently or in the course of this month that we're a little bit stuck in the mud or we're, we have some old emotional patterns coming up, um, do you have any tips for practices um, or rituals that people can do to kind of help move through those feelings in those times? I, th I think with, with uh, again, aligning to the natural opportunities with new moon and natural opportunity or what is opportunistic in those, in those energies uh, when we talk about, and we've talked a lot about what the moon cycles offer us. So with the new moon, um, I would say one of the things we can do is first to acknowledge that, like where do we feel stuck and to really listen to ourselves uh, because a lot of times we talk about these kinds of things, but are we really listening? And so just as like we're taking this, you know, podcast recording, I think actually most of us have the ability to um, to record ourselves. I think it would actually be pretty pretty interesting if we turned on our phones and we recorded as if we were having a conversation with someone about what we feel stuck in, and what we feel stuck with, and how we feel powerless, and then take a moment and listen to it, but listen to it as a witness, not as if we were ourselves. Or um, another thing we could do, which we've done in um, ceremony before, which is super powerful, is we write what we feel 
stuck or trapped with, we write it um, down and we do this in partnership. So you might call it a sister of yours, a friend of yours, or get together with a small group of women for the new moon. And everybody write your own from your first person of uh, what you feel stuck or trapped with. Then exchange them read them back to you. So you are the witness listening to somebody else tell your story. You have so much more compassion when it's not us. And maybe having even some, some things that we would say to, our, to ourselves about, you know, what's occurring to me, not as advice, um, but more empathically, just what we feel inspired by or what occurs to us as what we feel is possible for that person or what their next steps could be to help support them. Because remember, if we're really stuck in mud, we actually can't do it alone. So we do need to partner up, you know, whether it's literally getting somebody to put chains on the cars and pull us up or give us a hand or, you know, something like that. We really aren't alone. So I think it is important for us to, um, you know, connect with our tribe. And if we do feel like we're doing this uh, for ourselves, I think if we can do it in a way that witnesses, and so I think listening to ourselves, and again, that even can be a little self-conscious because we don't like our voices or we don't like our intonations or the words that we use, but once we get over that, we can start really, just like in the world, we have to be listeners, you know, and Gloria Steinem, one of the things she said when people said, how did she really become more of an activist? She said when she went to other country, other cultures and she sat in, in circles with women, what she did is she became a better listener. And when she came a better listening, she instead of deciding what somebody needed, she started to listen to what they really needed. And I think we've got lost in our own voice, too. So off the cuff, I, I don't know, I think that could be an interesting exercise for ourselves is to not talk so, you know, talk, but also learn to listen to ourselves. And how do we really, really do that and with each other as women? So I think that could be an interesting ritual. And then um, kind of make a commitment onto a simple something simple when one thing that we really could do. And some of that is actually without, you know, again, letting go of our shame, but to really be honest and open about what it is we've, we keep repeating in our lives. Um, And I know that's to be true with myself as well. I keep talking about how stuck I am, but I know that in that sense, I sabotage myself and Saturn um, and, you know, is in Capricorn also, even though I said they can be optimists and problem solving, uh, we can really shoot ourselves in the foot in, in just feeling um, kind of trapped in that in that dance. So I think this is a time the more honest we can be with a lot of love and a, and a shame-free, judgment-free zone. I think that we really can, you know, make some changes. And I think with the full moon, um, what we can do with the emotional uh, qualities is I would say from the new moon to the full moon, if you can keep um, a little diary or a little um, journal, and maybe what we can do is is even use it in an expressive way, like every day, just notice what is our reflection about maybe um, the emotions that started to come up for us or what we feel create or trigger certain kinds of emotions in us. And emotion isn't all bad. I mean, emotion is powerful and it, it's, it's how we feel through the world. But I think maybe making a distinction between feeling and emotion and understanding, you know, what the patterns start to be. So maybe just, you know, kind of quickly reflect on those um, and notice, do, do they result in us? Do they drag us down? Do they empower us? Like, you know, what are, what are the feelings and associations and then what comes out of it? Sometimes it can be a real, and what do they need? Like sometimes when we're feeling certain ways, if we acknowledge the emotions, what we need to do is cry, what we need, you know, it's expressive, what we need to do is dance, like move with them and problem solve just like in that same way. Um, but then when we get to the full moon to start to realize what are toxic emotions, 
whether they're, um, do we need to, you know, cleanse, do internal cleansing practices? Do we need to, remember I said Pluto wants a sacrifice? Sometimes we need to also let go of people in our lives, places, things that we've been associated with that are truly causing us emotional pain. And what are the belief systems associated with it that make us feel like we can't? Um, and, uh, and then paradoxically, how are we thinking that's causing us emotional suffering? And then on that night, being, you know, really intentional in terms of ritual we can do. And some of the basics, um, I think, are always wonderful to return to. Writing them down and powerfully, um, you know, putting them into a fire. And even if we don't have the ability to have an actual fire pit, we can always, um, you know, write them even on tiny little, almost it looks like just little ribbons of paper and then burn them on, a, a, you know, a candle. It's still very powerful because it transmutes the energy from one way to another. Um, and I would say, you know, if, if you're on your moon time, you know, for women who are going through their cycle at new moon or full moon, definitely to collect some of their moon, uh, you know, their blood and um, to ritually, you know, bring it to the earth as a way of, of asking to be collaborating since these are really deep earth energies. Um, it's really pretty powerful to, um, you know, to do that as well, even though it can feel a little uncomfortable or feed it to your plants. You know, it's beautiful medicine, but I think it's also this collaboration with earth, earth cycles and, and being, um, you know, part of that, the, the blood mystery. So since it's a blood moon, I'd say, hey, go for it uh, in that way as well. Thank you so much, Susan. So listening, um, being compassionate and honest with ourselves and calling in our team, sound like highlights from that. <laughs> Thank you for all those tips. And I want to make sure to let our listeners know that if they're wanting to go deeper and work with you individually, you also do um, remote sessions. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you offer in terms of remote work? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, the remote work is um, the same as the work that I do on site um, with individuals that want to do some soul and, and evolutionary and, and or some um, healing work. And so how we do that is uh, we, we do that through Skype. You know, we might uh, work with someone's um, astrology to look again into the cycles where some of those, um, let's say, sabotage cycles and repetitive karmic cycles, as well as opportunistic ways to move forward to get to know ourselves from a fresh face, uh, as opposed to the known assumptions about ourselves, which astrology is so beautiful in doing. Um, and sometimes what I'll do is also Akashic Records is, is reconnecting to our soul or essence, blueprint and understanding and information. So sometimes we'll do that together. Like we'll open up the records, we look at, at the chart, and then together we get this incredible information that really just puts us on the fast track to the transformational work that, you know, people want to, want to do. Um, I do, do see, and you believe it or not work with some men, and I hope that we have some conscious men that are listening into our podcast as well. We, we love and appreciate them, but my work and my, um, my depth, and I'd say my expertise is certainly with women and my love is certainly with our tribe of women. Um, so I, uh, we also do, uh, work around the sacred feminine. And then, you know, sometimes I, I think about for all of us, what would it be like if we 
were the myth if we became the tarot card, you know, for each of us, if we created our own and it was us, what would the word be associated with us? What would we put on symbolically on that tarot card? So we want to kind of, um, you know, really, really get into that sense of empowerment and understanding of our medicine, our wisdom and, and what we're growing into. So the individual sessions do that. We sometimes uh, will include some unpacking a little bit of, of trauma that we've, we've been through that we have a readiness for to um, clear and some uh, mentoring around how to move forward in our in our life goals and our dreams and our aspirations and our loving. So it's beautiful work and I really appreciate um, all the opportunity to work with such incredible people. You can learn more about Susan's work at everydaymedicinewoman.com. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in on the full moon on January 31st when I share my conversation with holistic health researcher Sally F. St. John. We talk about nutrition for hormonal health and her unique philosophy of healing developed over years of coaching women back to health. I hope you'll join us. Also, you may have noticed that Moonwise has a brand new logo. It's something I created to combine my love of the plant and flower worlds with the moon. Let me know what you think.